Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord that you are the way maker. Lord, I thank you, Father, that there is nothing that is impossible in you, God, that you make a way when there seems to be no way, Jesus, and that you're moving on our behalf even when we don't know it, even when we don't see it. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are more powerful than anything else on the earth, God. I thank you, Father, that our failures and inadequacies cannot compare to your promises that never fail. And we just thank you so much for it, God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. So I get the pleasure of preaching a really fun message, and the title of the message is called Triggers and Trust, if you are taking notes. Triggers and Trust, okay? So um, our goal is to walk in, in true sonship and daughtership with the Lord. And what that means when we're walking as um, sons and daughters and not as orphans is that you have this overall feeling and this overall sense that everything is going to be okay. You have this overall sense that like I am okay, like on a deep, deep level, I'm okay, everything's going to be all right, okay? And then the antithesis to that would be the orphan spirit, which is stuff is not okay, I have to work everything out on my own, if I don't do it, it's not going to happen, you know, I've got to work it out, I've got to, you know, strive and stress to make things happen, and that's more the orphan mindset, okay? Um, So we want to walk in that deep sense of everything's going to be okay, God loves me, he's for me, he's a good dad, he's always good. And um, in that sense of being okay, um, the Lord also pours out, as we walk in intimacy with him, he pours out the fruit called self-control. Let's turn to your neighbor and say self-control. Okay? Self-control is what we want to walk in. Now here's an enemy to self-control. An enemy to self-control is called a trigger. Okay, now a trigger is not just a buzzword. Um, It's kind of become a buzzword. Like you hear teenagers like, oh my gosh, I'm so triggered right now. Like I failed my math test, I'm so triggered. Or, you know, I went to Starbucks and they were out of soy milk for my latte and I'm so triggered, hashtag triggered, you know. Like it's kind of become this like buzzword. But it is a real thing, okay? It's a real thing um, called being triggered. We're all going after some new territory, amen? Especially we're hitting places in finances. How many of you know that financial issues rarely have anything to do with money. (laughs) Amen. They have to do with we're hitting triggers, we're hitting fears, we're hitting buttons from childhood and things that we've experienced, things that we've seen, things that have been done to us and ways that we're trying to cope with those things that don't have to do with Jesus. Amen. Um, then we enter into some, some issues there, but we're going after new territories in that, so we need to talk about those triggers rather than, you need a budget, you need a budget, you need a budget. Does that make sense? Because that's not gonna answer the problem. Okay, in finances, in vulnerability and relationships, that's something that we talk a lot about in here, how important community is, how important it is to have vulnerability with people that are in close connection with you. Again, you're gonna bump up against triggers, amen? Um, taking new ground, um, tackling our giants and entering into the promised land. There's gonna be triggers there. Chances are we're all coming up against triggers in this season. Amen? Okay. Um, Welcome to the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. 
which is also trigger land. <laughs> we have lots of opportunities to conquer triggers in this season, amen? Um, how many of you don't raise your hand? How many of you have family members that are a little difficult to be around? Okay, <laughs> they're like, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to testify about my, my family members. There are certain family members that we get triggered, and it's like you feel like you're five years old again, and you don't know why, and it's like, why do I always do this? Or you just get so angry, or they get so triggered, right? Lots of opportunities to conquer this thing. Um, in this season, we come up against triggers like perfectionism. Amen? Performance. Triggers from painful memories or loss that we experience around this time. Um, triggers because we're in a hurry and we're stressed out. Amen? Triggers because we happen to go to Walmart and it's <laughs> 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, right? Uh, triggers that cause us to take on too much. Um, and again, like we said, financial triggers. We can talk about budgets. We can talk about self-control. But if you have a trigger that causes you to seek retail therapy or a trigger that causes you to hit that add to cart button, <laughs> then it all goes out the window. Amen? So we really need to take these things to the Lord and have him come in and heal that. Now, let me share with you, there is nothing on this planet that is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. Amen? He comes in and he can heal those things. There is nothing impossible with the Lord, but there is um, this uh, way that we can go about it and bring those things to him in strategy and in encounter that can allow him to come in and heal those things. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, so a trigger, um, a trigger itself is just a stimulus that causes us to go into a triggered state. So it can be um, any of the five senses. You hear a song, you smell a smell, and it can be something that can trigger you, okay? Um, a triggered, uh, another trigger stimulus could be just males. Like you could have a trigger that has to do with, with a male. You could have a trigger that has to do with a female. You can have a trigger that has to do with authority figures. There could be a word that is really triggering to you. It can be an object, anything that triggers you where now you um, have been sucked into the past or better yet, this past has been sucked into this present moment and now you are actually not responding to what is currently happening right now. You are responding to what's current and also whatever happened in the past that was really painful. Does this make sense? I always picture this like fishing line that goes yank, yanks onto something and then hooks it into the present. And now I'm not just yelling at my husband, I'm yelling at my dad and my mom and everybody else. Does it make sense? Anyone ever experienced that? Or am I the only one? <laughs> am I in the right room? Okay. Um, we're going to have some fun with this. Um, and uh, part of the reason that we're going to have fun with this is because um, it really breaks shame off. We all have triggers. Um, we've experienced pain. Some of us have experienced abuse. I don't want you to take it um, that I'm being... Uh, light with people's pain because there there are some really genuine triggers there's people that have experienced like patterns of abuse over their life where they can truly get triggered into states and it can be really like uh physically there can be body things that are happening that are kind of beyond your control for a moment so I, I don't want you to take that I'm taking lightly the pain that people have experienced and walked through but we are going to have some fun with this because we all have triggers and we just need to break shame off and not, you know, kind of self-hatred our way into freedom because that doesn't work. Amen? Uh, we all have them, and we, there's some strategies that we can have to, to face those things. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got some triggers. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, your other neighbor, and say, you got them too. <laughs> I got issues. You got them too. Okay? 
So in a triggered state, what actually happens is there's this pattern or this loop in our neural pathways that bypasses our conscious realm of thoughts and logic, okay? When we get triggered, it's like this old tape that starts to play. Um, it's usually something from the past that has been popped into the present, like we said, from past trauma, abuse patterns, or just unmet needs, okay? In a triggered state, we can enter into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Have you guys ever heard of that before? Um, fight or flight, have you ever heard that before? So fight is when you just like, suddenly you just like, I'm going to fight, I'm going to make sure I'm safe. Does that make sense? Um, flight would be, I'm going to run away, I'm going to run away what feels dangerous to me. Freeze is I just become completely paralyzed and I don't know what to do. I just kind of shut down. Maybe I disassociate from reality. And then there's fawn. And fawn is like, I'm going to make everything okay and I'm going to hide everything that has to do with me and my feelings and I'm going to just succumb to abuse and I'm just going to take abuse in that moment. Does that make sense? Okay. You actually cannot think straight in this state. That's why they call it your lizard brain. Someone say lizard brain. Okay. When you entered into that triggered, uh, triggered um, state, you cannot think straight. Okay. Um, there is what they call the top brain. And then there's the bottom brain, which is like the brain stem, okay? Your top brain is where you have reasoning and higher thinking and things like that. When your bottom brain gets activated, your, your brain stem gets activated, it is only biological responses, okay? Your brain stem's job is, I don't want to die, okay? That's basically what your brain stem is worried about. I don't want to die. I feel like something is really wrong. I don't want to die. And that's when you get sent into those biological responses, okay? Um, when the bottom brain gets triggered, it shuts down the other brain functions. That's why you can't reason normally in this state. Um, your bottom brain actually can't distinguish between physical harm, as in I don't want to die, and emotional pain, like I feel rejected right now especially when it's been intertwined with abuse and patterns of things in your life, um, it, it can really shut that down and it really doesn't matter what kind of pain it is. You go into that fight, flight, like I need to survive this moment. Make sense? Okay. Rational thinking shuts down and biology kicks in. So um, I have an example of this and this is going to feel really off time so I'm going to tell you a joke. Um, why can't T-Rexes clap their hands? Because they're all dead. <laughs> Good. He's on it. Okay. They can't clap. You want to you answer because they can't reach or something. No. It's because they're all dead. Okay. So how many of you know that dinosaurs don't exist anymore? How many of you know that a fear of dinosaurs would be pretty ridiculous? Right? Okay. Um, and yet we have this video. time. <laughs> so what you just watched was what happens when lizard brain kicks in, okay? The survival mode. So what happens is the first guy runs by 
And that is the initial trigger for the person to be like, what? It's, it's kind of jolting, right? Something happened. They're getting triggered. They're kind of going into their bottom brain, okay? And then when the dinosaur comes around, it's like, oh, it's on. Like, I, it, does not, it does not matter that dinosaurs don't exist. Like, I'm not going to run alongside that guy and be like, hey, your fear is irrational. Why are you responding like this? You can see the person's legs controlling the dinosaur. Like, stop it. It's not going to make sense, right? Because the person's just trying to survive. Let's watch it one more time. Here's the initial trigger. I'm in danger. <laughs> I wish you could see their faces better. Their faces are just complete panic. trigger looks like. That's what a trigger looks like, okay? So it actually doesn't help any of those people to say, hey, your fear is irrational right now. Let me try and reason with you because they are in survival mode. Does this make sense? This is also what happens when we get into that triggered state. We've gone down into our bottom brain and we can no longer reason and we can no longer function, okay? Do you see how that's an enemy to self-control? Amen? Um, there's a story, uh, one of my English teachers when I was in, in high school, um, she was getting some dental work done and they had to do a mold of her teeth and they had the wax uh, stuff or whatever it was like shooting into her mouth and then the doctor walked away from her and it started filling and going down her throat so that she couldn't breathe and so she's panicking and she's trying to get his attention Fight or flight kicks in, she grabs the little sink thing that you spit into and she chucks it at him <laughs> to get his attention and he was able to remove the thing from her throat, okay? Now how many of you know that wouldn't be a normal response? You wouldn't wanna whack someone with a, a sink dish, right? You, you, but it's actually a good thing that your brain bypasses all those functions of politeness to I need to survive right now, okay? Now why does your brain work like that? Because God is awesome, because God is smart, because we have to survive all kinds of crazy things, okay? As children, we go through crazy abusive situations. I've heard of some of the most abusive situations with people, and you would think, like, how could they even function? You would just be a puddle on the floor. But God has created our brains so that we can bypass certain functions and survive and get through. But those same functions and those things that cause us to survive can become um, these areas where we're in bondage because we don't know how to unwire those things from abuse, which we were never meant to experience. Does that make sense? Okay, so we need some strategies as to um, how, we can, how we can deal with those things because it's not good enough to tell people that have PTSD, you're just gonna have to deal with it. That's not good enough in the body of Christ. And in, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's not good enough to tell people, well, you just need to pray more and, you know, and, you know, just deal with it or get over it or tell someone who is running from a dinosaur, stop acting like that. That makes no sense. God is good. No, they, they're actually not able to process those things in this moment, but God has some strategies for us. Amen? Amen. So, um, so I have a story of a trigger that I discovered. Um, this was back when I was in junior high, 
And um, I was super, super quiet and uh, really, really, really shy. Super, super nice, very agreeable person. That's kind of how I was known to be. And um, one day I'm sitting in math class and she thought it would be funny, my friend, um, to just whack me on the back of the head um, really unexpectedly and just kind of like make this joke. Now, obviously that's not very nice, <laughs> not good. But when she whacked me on the back of my head, I instantly turned around and this other voice came out of my mouth and I said, you don't ever do that to me again. And everyone in the room goes, whoa, like what just happened? Okay, what happened to sweet little quiet joy that never you know, had anything bad to say, okay? What happened was that I got triggered because as I was growing up, I had experienced bullying where I was bullying, where I was unexpectedly hit on the back of my head with a book um, from time to time. And it was something that I had never resolved. It was something that I had never, you know, even really thought about or, you know, forgiven or anything like that. So suddenly that moment is pulled into right now. And yes, what she did wasn't okay, but now the weight of everything that I've experienced, I am unleashing on my friend because she happened to touch the same spot that I had been whacked in the head with. Does that make sense? <laughs> it wasn't this friend, it was a different friend, okay? Anyone ever experience anything like that, okay? It bypassed my sense of self-control. It bypassed my personality. It bypassed what I would normally do and what I learned on a Sunday morning. In Sunday school, right? All the things they tell you, be nice and all these things. It's okay for me to set a boundary, but this other voice came out of me that was like, whoa, don't ever do that to me again, okay? <clears throat> um, if you don't know what your triggers are, I have a solution for you. <laughs> Number one, get married. <laughs> You'll discover your triggers real quick. No one can find your triggers like your spouse. Let me tell you, okay? If you still don't know what your triggers are, have some kids. <laughs> because no one will find your triggers like your kids will, okay? Like, God just really set it up that way. Marriage is the most sanctifying institution that there is because you can't get away from them. You can't get away from yourself when you're with them. And it's actually a beautiful process when you think about it, okay? Um, triggers are actually an invitation for us to grow closer to each other and an invitation for us to grow closer to Jesus, okay? It's actually an opportunity. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, this is an opportunity. <laughs> It really is an opportunity. It's so exciting. <laughs> all right, so right now I want us all to close our eyes. I've given a few examples now. Um, and I want you to ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show every one of us maybe a trigger or two that we have right now. Maybe it's, maybe it's a severe one. Maybe it's just something small. Just, Lord, you know exactly what you want us to look at in this season right now. And we just thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that this is exciting. I thank you that you care and that we can meet with you in our triggers. Yeah. So does everyone kind of have some kind of visual? Something comes up for you? Okay. Awesome. You can open your eyes. So this is something um, that the Lord has shown me. This is like sort of a, a strategy um, when it comes to your triggered state. And now keep in mind, these are things that you want to process when you are not triggered. 
Because when you are triggered, you actually can't process these things, okay? So this is going to be something proactive that we're going to do, okay? Four things to ask yourself if you're taking notes. Four things to ask yourself about your triggered state. Number one, what is the recording that plays over and over and over when you're in that triggered state, okay? Um, number two, how do you behave when you're in that triggered state? Number three, okay, go back to number one. Number one, what is the recording that plays over and over and over? What does it sound like? What are the words? Number two, how do you behave when you're in a triggered state? Like, what's your behavior look like? Number three, how do you comfort yourself when you're in a triggered state? And this is going to be a false comfort. And number four, what is familiar about all of this? Like, where have I heard that recording before? Like, this behavior, where have I seen that before? And it's usually going to be something connected to childhood. In the case of marriage, it can be something that's connected to past things in marriage. Like, there's, you know, Pastor Daniel and I have been together for how many years now? My brain just went blank. 22 years? Yeah. 22 years. And so we've been together since I was 16 years old. So I can get triggered to things from 18-year-old Daniel. Does that make sense? Even though that's not him anymore, there's times that he gets pulled into the present and I'm yelling at 18-year-old Daniel as well as 42-year-old Daniel. Does that make sense? 43. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> blame it on the pregnancy fog. We'll just blame it on that. My memory is not good right now. 43-year-old uh, Daniel. Okay, does this make sense? Anyone ever experience anything like that? Okay, so number, number one, what's the recording? Number two, what's the behavior? Number three, how do you comfort? Number four, what is familiar about all this? Okay, so starting with number one, what's the pattern or the recording that plays in our triggered state? Does it sound something like this? I'm being criticized right now. I'm being judged right now. Even if you're not being judged, even if you're not being criticized, that's a recording that can play when we start to get, get, to get triggered. Does this make sense? Okay, um, I'm in trouble right now. That one is, is one that I've had for a long time. I'm in trouble right now. Oh, gosh, I'm in trouble. Ah, I need to tell everyone that I'm good. I'm, I'm not a bad person. I'm, I'm not in trouble, okay? Um, recording might sound like I'm being abandoned. It might sound like nobody's safe. Nobody hears me. I'm powerless. I'm all alone. No one understands me. See, this is what proves that X, Y, Z is true about me. Does this sound familiar? Okay, um, I'll give you a hint. You're just like my mom or you're just like my dad. There's a clue that you're getting triggered into something else. Make sense? Okay, um, this proves that I'm bad, I'm shameful, I'm unlovable, unworthy, no good, self-hatred, whatever the flavor is. Does this make sense? Okay, so ask yourself, what is the recording? Number two, how do you behave in that triggered state, okay? Now, most people think of a trigger as I get angry, and that's not always the case, okay? Um, my trigger in a lot of ways is I want to fix everything, okay? So as soon as I get triggered and something bad is happening, I'm like, well, I'm just going to make it better. I'm going to perform, and I'm going to do whatever I can, and I'm going to make it better for you, and I'm going to hide my feelings, and I'm going to make sure it's all about your feelings. Does this make sense? That is also a behavior that can happen in a triggered state, okay? 
As soon as I decide to hide my feelings from someone and care only about their feelings, and I'm trying to move closer to them in that way, I've actually chosen disconnection. Does this make sense? Because you can't connect with someone and not bring your real self, okay? Um, disconnection can be something, a way that we behave in a triggered state. We can run away, uh, we can get distracted, okay? We can disassociate. Disassociate means that you just kind of check out. It's like, I, I don't feel the pain. I can't feel anything right now. I'm just kind of numb. Does this make sense? You can fight or rage. You can feel paralyzed. Um, in a triggered state, you might want to perform, okay? Hide your real feelings. Uh, maybe you turn your guns inward when you get triggered. When someone's upset with you, then you get really upset at yourself and you start tearing yourself down, okay? Um, maybe you try to make everybody laugh. I get really funny when I get triggered. <laughs> I, just, I start cracking jokes, and when I'm making tons of jokes, like over the top, all, like something is wrong on the inside some of the time, okay? Here's the key. Shame is almost always involved in our triggered states. <clears throat> okay, so number three, how do you comfort in a triggered state? Do you spend money? Do you eat? Do you blame? Okay, blame is a coping mechanism that helps transfer my pain onto someone else so that I don't have to feel it. Okay, um, do you isolate to comfort yourself? Do you check out? Do you use pornography? Do you abuse drugs and alcohol? Do you get really, really busy? Like, what is the coping thing that's not Jesus? It's a false comfort that you use when you're in a triggered state. And then number four, what is familiar about all of this, okay? What past situation that you've experienced feels similar? Or how was this modeled to you? Make sense? Did someone say something to you when you were a little kid? Is this something that mom or dad did or something that they did to you? Does this make sense? And let me give you a hint here. Forgiveness is transformative. And forgiveness is for your benefit, and it's not necessarily just for their benefit. Okay? Now, just because you forgive something does not mean that you're opening your heart back up to trust that particular person. I know some, so many people have encountered abuse and things like that. There's a difference between forgiveness and boundaries. Okay, it's okay to forgive someone and still have a boundary because of just the way that they are in that moment. And of course, we always want to believe and pray for reconciliation and things like that. Um, but you can forgive someone and still have a boundary that keeps you safe in, in cases with abuse and things like that. Does this make sense? Forgiveness is transformative. Okay, the truth is in all of these situations, in our, in our behaviors, in the recording that plays, in the way we comfort ourselves, and, and things like that, what we're always actually searching for is Jesus. We just don't realize it, okay? He, he is always the answer. He is always the solution. Connecting with him is always the answer. But for whatever reason, when we're in that triggered response, it's not our go-to to run and connect to him. And it's usually because of that shame. Make sense? Okay, so we want to replace the recording with his truth. We want to renew our minds and run to him for his solutions. We wanna be comforted by him and we want him to help us process through the pain and release forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be released, amen? Okay.
When you're triggered, it feels like something external caused you to feel this way. Okay? The essence of a real trigger is that it's already inside of you. The trigger just brought it out. Does this make sense? Okay? So that's why we don't want to go into blame and control and stuff like that. Because just, just because you've gotten triggered doesn't mean that the person even did anything wrong. Doesn't mean that they didn't do anything wrong. But the thing that you're experiencing is actually internal. Make sense? Okay. When you go into blame control, it reminds me of Adam and Eve in the garden. Do you guys remember Adam and Eve? Okay. Their trauma came in when they believed the deceptions of the snake about God and about themselves. When they ate the forbidden fruit and when they died spiritually was when trauma came in for them. They had never experienced anything like that before. They experienced pain and shame for the first time, and now guess what? They have a trigger. <laughs> okay? So then the next thing that they encountered is God comes looking for them. And when God came looking for them, God actually triggered them. Okay? God actually didn't do anything wrong. He came looking for his children, but it triggered them. Okay? Why did it trigger them? Because they believed the lie of the snake that God was withholding from them. They experienced shame, and now they're expecting to experience shame again from their father, from God. Does this make sense? The recording that was playing for them, I'm naked and I'm shameful. I'm naked and I'm shameful. I'm naked and I'm shameful. Their behavior was to go run, uh, run away from God, and to blame. Remember? It's like, well, this woman that you gave me, you know, well, this snake, right, blame, shift the pain onto something else, okay? Their comfort was to cover themselves with something other than God. They covered themselves with the fig leaves, right? And then the familiarity was the shame that they had already experienced, and now they're expecting to experience shame again from God. So what was the solution to this problem? The solution to the problem was Jesus coming near to us and reestablishing healthy connection, Okay, representing the Father's heart perfectly. So in other words, when we have a trigger, the answer is connection. Someone say the answer is connection. Connection to God and connection to healthy, safe people that we're in relationship with. Amen? The key is not to white-knuckle behavior into shape. Okay? So many people are so sin-focused, and they're so focused on the actual behaviors and the way we try to comfort ourselves in the triggers. And it's like you can try and white-knuckle that stuff and just you can self-hatred yourself all you want and just beat yourself up. And why do I do that over and over again? And I just hate myself, and I hate myself. And if I just hate myself enough, then maybe I will stop that stinking behavior, okay? That never works. Would we ever raise our children like that? I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Will you just behave right? <laughs> it does not work, okay? What we need to identify is what is it that's at the root of that behavior, okay? That, that trigger, that pain that we have experienced and allow God to come in and heal those things. We connect with the Lord, we connect with healthy community, and then that stuff is healed, amen? And that's when we experience true freedom. True freedom does not look like white knuckling. True freedom looks like I actually don't need this coping mechanism anymore because I'm so connected to the Father and I have wonderful connections with healthy people around me. Does this make sense? All right. Don't shout me down now. <laughs> okay. The key is connection. 
Relational triggers are healed in relationship. They are not healed in a vacuum, okay? God can come and do amazing works in our heart. He can undo lies. But the true test of your heart is when you learn to trust again in relationship and you can have someone respond to what you need differently than when you experience trauma in the first place. Does this make sense? Okay, so we want to walk in that kind of healing. Um, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Okay? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. So in other words, when we're in healthy and safe, uh, safe community and relationship, our spouses, and it's like it's mutual and we both want to see each other grow and have what's best for each other, we can actually be vulnerable and say, okay, here's a trigger that I have. And it's really scary to do. Okay, but we're going to confess that because that trigger wasn't, you weren't birthed with that trigger from the Lord. Amen. Okay, and so we can come and confess that to each other and say, okay, this is an area where I'm experiencing pain. This is an area that's scary to reveal to someone. This is a weakness that I have. When this happens, I tend to get triggered into this thing. Can we help each other? Will you pray for me? And then we both get to do that with each other. Does this make sense? It is very scary. <laughs> it's very scary. It takes humility to bring our triggers to one another and to offer that kind of vulnerability, okay? Vulnerability is the antidote to shame. Vulnerability is the antidote to shame. Now, your goal when you're bringing your trigger to someone else and letting someone know, your goal is not, so don't trigger me. <laughs> Nobody trigger me. That's my goal, okay? We see that kind of in our society right now. It's just like, you better not trigger me, or right? That is actually giving all your power away to something external. I don't have control of myself. I'm going to flip out and I'm going to hand all my power to people around me and to my relationships that are closest to me. And you better not trigger me. And if I get triggered, it's your fault. Okay? That's not the goal. <laughs> the goal is to confess those things one to another, be vulnerable about those things so we can pray for one another, so we can help one another, we can walk in understanding and see those things get healed. Amen? And so that we don't have to walk around and have those same triggers our whole life. Does make sense? Someone say, there's hope. There is hope. Um, now, this, uh, this was awesome revelation that we got when we just went to Aerofest. Um, we heard a message um, from Seth Dahl, and it was like this missing piece that was like, oh, that makes so much sense, okay? And this is in the area of healing triggers. And so Seth Dahl was talking about this. Um, your triggers, it's like a gun that has been loaded, and when the trigger goes off, there's an automatic response that fires the contents of the gun, okay? The good news is, is that we do have control over the contents of the gun. Make sense? So that when we get triggered, something else can get fired out other than the pain that we've experienced and the yelling and, you know, whatever that pained response is. Make sense? Here's the problem when it comes to self-control. We've all sat in church and we've heard what we should do. Okay, we've taken parenting classes, we've read books on transformation, we've taken the financial classes, we've learned how to budget, we've attended marriage conferences, we know all the things that we should do, we've been given all of this head knowledge and information, but yet when we get triggered, the thing that fires out is mom and dad. Make sense? 
Why? Why does that happen? And this, is, this was the revelation that he was sharing. Um, information and memories are actually stored in emotions. Okay? The memories are stored in emotions. So when we're learning the amazing parenting tricks so that we don't yell at our kids, when we're learning the marriage hacks and how to connect with one another and things like that, when we're learning all the good financial sound advice, when we're learning, oh, you should walk in the fruit of the spirit and things like that, we're generally sitting in a room pretty happy. Amen? Okay, it's kind of the speaker's goal is to make sure that you're happy, that you're connecting with the speaker, that we tell funny stories so that you connect to what it is that we're saying. So now you're forming those memories and all those strategies are being formed in joy and in happiness and in peaceful things so that that's where it's stored in your brain, okay? But you need stuff that is stored in anger and you need stuff that's stored in fear, and unfortunately, the things that are stored in anger is what mom and dad said to you when you were five and not the parenting class information. Does this make sense? Have you ever felt frustrated by that? You know, it's like, man, I know, I know what I should do, but, you know, when I get triggered, it's just like, you know, I brought you in this world and I can take you out and I swore I would never say that. You know, the thing that my mom used to say and I'm, I'm like, I am my mom, Right. And it's so frustrating, okay? What are the memories that are stored in fear? <laughs> the memories that are stored in fear are people messing up. When our parents were in fear and they screamed, you know, and like whatever it was, those are the things. It's bad memories. It's bad examples. Those are the things that are stored in those places. So how do we get good things stored into those places? That was my question when I listened to Seth Dahl. I was like, are you going to like punch us in the face and then give us the, the tricks and the hacks and stuff like that? I'm like, somehow we all got to get triggered so that we can get the information in the right place. No, actually, we don't have to do that, thankfully. Okay. Um, the answer is meditation. Someone say meditation. Okay. Meditation. We need to take it back. Okay, meditation is actually a biblical concept. It's actually a Christian concept. It is not a new age birthed thing, okay? In the new age community, meditation means you're gonna clear your mind of stuff and you're gonna meditate on nothingness and you know, whatever it is. Um, biblical meditation is that you are meditating on the word of God. Biblical meditation is that you're meditating on God and his goodness, and you're allowing those things into all the different places, and it's day and night, and it's meditating on his word. At day and night, when you're on your bed, when you're thinking about him and throughout the day, which means you're going to be meditating on things when you're triggered. You're going to be meditating on things when you're encountering fear, when you're encountering anger, so that his goodness is going to get in those places and form memories where they need to be. Amen? Okay, Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Psalm 63.6 says, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. We want to meditate on the Lord. Now, when you look up the word meditate in the Greek, um, it, it means what you would think it means to, to study and to really mull over and, and to chew on and stuff like that. But there's also um, meanings like premeditating, imagining, uh, machination, which is like uh, setting things so that's automatic, um, music, device, to plot, to ponder, to study, to rehearse, and to mutter over and over and over again. Okay? So... Um, it's okay to get triggered as long as we've loaded our anger magazine with bullets that are fruit of the spirit. 
So um, this, this is the process that we want to take, okay? So we're going to sit, we're going to meditate on the Lord, and we're going to allow him to take us to a place where we experience a trigger, okay? And this is not while we're triggered, but this is when we're in a normal state. Just like, okay, this is what it feels like when I'm triggered. I'm going to allow the Lord to come into that space, okay? When I get triggered into anger, you know, what, whatever the thing is, I'm going to allow the Lord to come in. I'm going to let him tell me what that needs to be saying, not that loop, that little record player. I'm going to invite his truth into that place, okay? I'm going to allow his comfort to come in. And I'm going to allow him to speak to me while I'm experiencing that emotion, while I'm experiencing that concern or whatever it is, and he's going to give me the response in that. When he gives me that response, I'm going to rehearse it. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to imagine it over and over and over again. I'm going to imagine myself at the Thanksgiving table when that person who's so difficult says that one thing that always sends me into the thing. I'm going to practice his response and what he says to say. Does this make sense? I am loading my anger trigger with fruit of the spirit. Bang! So it doesn't matter if I get triggered, what's going to come out is Jesus. Does this make sense? Okay? Same thing with fear. Where is that place of fear that you experience where, man, when that thing comes up, you panic and you experience the worst side of you? How many of you know when you're fearful, that's the worst side of you that someone can see? Okay, I, I can tell you as a side seat driver, <laughs> especially being pregnant right now, I'm like, whoa, I get triggered into lizard brain really easily. I'm like, ah, slow down, ah, you know, and my politeness goes out the window, okay? I need to go into those places of fear and set it up so that I have the proper responses. Does that make sense? Yes, okay. This is why we need to process bad things with Jesus and not wait till we feel better to pray, okay? Um, there's this thing, and sometimes um, people want to say like, you know, like, oh, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. You know, I'll, I'll process with the Lord later, you know, like I don't wanna bring that to the Lord because it it's like a lack of faith or whatever. No, the best thing you can do when you're triggered is go run to the Lord. Like I'm triggered, I'm fearful, I'm angry, whatever it is, so that you can encounter him in those places, build the good memories, build the good responses while you're triggered so that when you get triggered again, what fires out is Jesus. Make sense? Okay, how many of you know we're gonna get triggered, right? Life happens, stuff happens, okay? So we need to practice, we need to rehearse the responses so that what fires out is Jesus. We wanna premeditate our response. Amen. Dr. Henry Cloud said something that set me free. And here's another Thanksgiving tip for you, okay? Um, I, I was getting triggered because there was a person around me that every time they gave their response, I was shocked by it every time. And I was like, oh my gosh, they did it again. I can't believe they did it again. Well, they've been doing it again and again and again for years and years and years and years, okay? And I would just get shocked and shocked and shocked and I was just like, I can't believe it. And my response was triggering me every bit as much as that behavior. Does that make sense? And something that he said set me free. He's like, it's okay. He's like, you don't wanna walk outside and you're walking into the rain and every time you walk into the rain, you're shocked. Oh my gosh, it's raining and I'm wet and ah, ah, this is terrible and I'm cold and ah, okay? 
um, it's okay to process, you know, this person, this is just where they're at right now. And I have hope for them to change. I have hope for transformation. I'm going to pray for them and, and things like that. But with this particular person, it's always raining. Anyone have one of those? <laughs> with this particular person, it is always raining. So stop being shocked by it and bring an umbrella. Okay? Stop being shocked by it and premeditate your response. Okay? And not premeditating, well, if he says this, then I'm going to say that. <laughs> premeditate it with the Lord, okay? Rehearse it over and over again. I love you so much, but I actually have to leave the room right now. Whatever the response is that he's showing you. I love you so much. I want to stay connected with you, but it's actually not okay for you to talk to my kids like that. I, I want to move closer in relationship with you, but... We're going to have to distance ourselves if that's how you're going to talk to my children or if that's how you're going to address me and rehearse it over and over again. Rehearse the tone. Rehearse what it feels like. Rehearse your inside state and where Jesus is in the room as you're saying it and start practicing those things so that when the trigger happens, bang, Jesus comes out. Amen? Amen. Premeditate. If we can premeditate murder... We can premeditate good things, amen? <laughs> okay. All right. How about financial triggers? This is the season, right? Financial triggers. Do you have a recording that says, this is never going to work? Budgets feel like control. I feel like I, I'm being controlled right now. I can't have fun. Um, I didn't have what I needed growing up, and my kids won't go without whatever they want. <laughs> whatever those triggers are, walk through those triggers with the Lord, okay? Start sitting in those places, okay? Lord, when I feel sad, this is going to be my response, okay? Instead of add to cart, I'm going to run to you. <laughs> Amen? Process those things, Process those things with the Lord. Um, it actually used to be really stressful um, for me every time we would eat out um, but before we had a budget. Budgeting actually makes things more fun. I'll just say that. Budgeting is fun. Someone say budgeting is fun. It actually makes things more fun. I used to have this sense that we were wasting money every time we ate out because oftentimes we get to the end of the month and we have nothing left, okay? Um, now we have fun money planned out. It's in our budget. It's planned. So when we actually eat out, I actually enjoy it because it's like I know all the bills are covered. I know that it's going to be okay. And we've actually said yes to ourselves in this area. It's actually really empowering, Amen. It's the same thing with vacation fun money. I actually enjoy the vacations that we take now because they're pre-planned. And I know that when we get back, I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, we're going to be broke for a month and we're going to be paying back all the debt for the next three months or whatever. Because it's planned fun, it's in the budget, and I actually let loose and actually have more fun because the budget's there. Amen. Amen. That was just a freebie. <laughs> Premeditate what you're going to do when you feel sad or when you feel powerless. Amen. Um, run to Jesus. Connect with people. Okay. This is where uh, Financial Peace University is really powerful, is the accountability and the community of coming together with other people. And you all have the same goal and being able to confess your sins one to another, talk to one another, be comfort and support one another. That is going to be um, some great answers for some people as walking through Financial Peace University. Amen. So I'll tell you, I'll tell on myself about a trigger that I have. And this is, um, I guess, more of a minor type trigger, um, but it's a big deal to me and it's a big deal to God and it's a big deal to my kids. Um, for me, my trigger or one of the triggers that I have is when I'm running late. 
when I'm running late, um, you're going to see a really bad side of me, <laughs> okay? Um, this is the kind of running late when nothing is working out. Um, every kid has lost one shoe. <laughs> and we, we make jokes, our, our son Ethan, we put him in charge, and I don't know why we put him in charge, we should change that, um, of putting all the shoes away, and we call it shoe divorces. He divorces all the shoes, so that like the partner is like, one of the partners is on the shelf, the other partner's in the cupboard, and you've got to dig through all your shoes to find your shoes. And so like on the days when every kid has lost one shoe, the baby's had a blowout diaper, I realize there's schmutz on my shirt at the last minute, I can't find my keys, we're out of milk, so we have to stop at the store on the way, ah! Okay, I tend to get really, really triggered. Okay, um, it is a bad side of me. I can work on having the best laid plans, but how many of you know that stuff is going to happen, especially when you have four and soon to be five children? <laughs> Amen. I need to plan for my trigger. Okay, um, and it was really fun because the Lord actually gave me a dream last night about that trigger. And in the, in the dream, I was running late for church and it was like, it was like 10 to 10. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I can't find anybody's stuff. And I'm putting on different shirts and every single one has dirt on it or whatever. The Lord was kind of like, I don't know, it was like this little joke on me. And I'm like, oh Lord. And so when I woke up, I sat and I started meditating and just like, okay, Lord, what do I need to, how do I need to respond to this, okay? Um, how do I need to premeditate if stuff goes wrong? And I actually got to practice that this morning. It was amazing. So, <laughs> lots of opportunities, let me tell you. <laughs> lots of opportunities. So, um, when I am running late, my recording sounds a little something like this. It sounds like shame. It sounds like I'm failing. It sounds like no one hears me. Like I'm telling everyone to go get your stuff and whatever. No one's listening to me. I'm powerless. Why can't I ever get this right? That's what the recording sounds like, okay? That is a recording of performance. It's a recording of shame and failure, okay? Um, how many of you know that it's not fair for me to experience those things and to project that onto my kids and now make them responsible? Amen? Okay, that's not something that, that I want to do. Okay, my behavior looks like barking orders. It looks like anger. It looks like no patience. Okay, um, no fun. No fun for my children. Amen. Um, and it really doesn't produce anything. Okay, barking at my kids, it really, they don't move any faster. It's, it's really amazing. And then, then the recording plays even more. It's like, no one's listening. No one's doing what I'm asking. Okay. Um, my comfort, the way I comfort myself afterwards is I isolate and I don't want to look anyone in the eye when I get to where I'm going because I feel bad that I'm late. And I, you know, so then I actually disconnect from people when I should be connecting with them and saying, hey, I'm so sorry I'm late. I kind of, you know, dog tail between the legs, right, amen. That's my response because I'm in shame, okay, because I'm performing and I'm trying to get my kids to perform through my anger and it never works. And I'm actually, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm causing damage to my kids when I'm doing that. Um, and it's, it's so frustrating because I know all the parenting hacks. I've read so many parenting books. I've been to conferences and things like that. And yet what shoots out of my mouth is stuff I saw my mom and dad do and say. Make sense? So I need to have a plan for my trigger. What feels familiar about this situation is um, harsh things that people have spoken to me when I didn't perform well. 
because that, that was something that was placed on me. It's just like, well, you need to perform and you need to do what you need to do and you need to figure it out, right? Um, that type of thing um, kind of comes up for me and that's, that's how, how I respond to that. Um, I feel um, out of control. Um, that reminds me of when I was a kid and I needed to get somewhere and I had no say and I was like trying to, you know, ask permission and things like that and, you know, no matter what I did, I just wasn't heard and I would get places late or just not show up at all. And so that was frustrating. Um, and then stuff that was just modeled by my parents. They would run late all the time and they'd yell and scream. And this is just the atmosphere that always is created when we're running late. Make sense? Okay. So um, I sat this morning and I started premeditating with the Lord, especially after the dream. I woke up and I'm like, I'm already triggered and we're not even running late yet. <laughs> so um, I wanted to go into that triggered place with the Lord. So I let myself just sit in that feeling. What does this feel like? I'm out of control. I'm frustrated. I'm feeling shame. You know, all those powerless things. So number one, I wanted to receive his truth. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, instead of the tape recorder, what is true about me? What do you want to say about me? And he says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and you are not the result of your performance. This is not about performing. Amen? He says, I'm, uh, you are powerful. And he actually told me, they will hear you when you calmly give consequences. They will not hear you when you bark. Okay? And so he starts giving me some strategies ahead of time. I can calmly offer consequences, and that's actually going to motivate the, them to change. I can yell and scream, and I can change their personality and show them how scary mom can be, and it actually doesn't cause them to hurry up because... Their problem is scary, angry mom. And their problem is actually not their own behavior. If I give a consequence, I've now given them a problem. It's like, you need to hurry up, otherwise you're going to have a problem. Does this make sense? Okay. Then number two, I needed to receive his comfort. And I, I allowed him to comfort me. And he said, you know what, there's grace for you. And when you receive grace for yourself, you will actually give grace to your children. Make sense? We need to break the shame, break the performance, give grace. Number three, um, yeah, he walked me through forgiveness, okay? This is so important. We want to unpartner with the lies that we've received. Uh, we want to forgive the people involved, okay? So like, Lord, I forgive my parents for the example that they set. Um, I give that to you, and I say, I don't wanna partner with that anymore. That's actually not okay. Um, I am not in agreement that that's okay to yell at my kids or to, to bark orders or whatever. Um, I want to partner with your truth. So I forgive them for yelling. I forgive them for setting a bad example. I forgive them for, you know, just not knowing, you know, what, what else to do. I forgive them because, man, I've done it and I get it, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to release forgiveness to them. And now I'm untethered from that thing. Does this make sense? Okay, and then I started to ask the Lord for better responses, and I started to practice those responses while I was feeling the frustration and the anger and the fear of being late. Does this make sense? So I actually got to practice this this morning because we started running late, and one of the kids didn't wake up on time, and I had to give some consequences, and it was actually really awesome because I had premeditated what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. I premeditated offering the consequence in a nice, low voice, and I'm like, hey, my voice actually sounds like this right now, and this is the consequence that's going to take place because, you know, 
you're not moving fast enough. That ultimately, we were, I don't know, five minutes late or something like that. Um, it's not my favorite. I want to work on it. But it is not worth damaging my kids. It's not worth disrupting the atmosphere um, because of my own sense of shame and performance. I want to get those things healed. And then I'm actually going to be better equipped to help my family to be on time. It's not that being on time is not important, but relationships are more important. Amen? My connections to my kids, that's more important. My connection with the Lord, the atmosphere in our home, that is more important than all the things that I was prioritizing. Amen? So we can actually move in strategy with the Lord in this. Um, I'll give you one more example. Um, I had an old trigger that's now healed. And um, it, my trigger was every time I led worship, I was completely tormented. Like just this recording would play incessantly and it's like I couldn't get it to shut up. And this recording would play and it was saying, um, you are selfish. Like nobody wants to listen to you right now. Oh my gosh, would you just shut up? Like what is wrong with you? Everyone's bored right now. They can't wait for it to be over. Will you just end it? <laughs> and this was the recording that would play over and over and over. You're being selfish. You just want to promote yourself. You just like to hear your own voice. And that was the recording that would play over and over and over again. You're too loud. You're banging on the piano and it's just too loud and people can't stand it. That's the recording. So my behavior was I would sing really apologetically um, and then I would go into flight mode immediately after. I just wanted to run. I didn't want to look anyone in the eye. I didn't want anyone's feedback because I, I know what their feedback is. I've heard it all morning, <laughs> right? Or I think I know, right? Okay. Um, I just wanted to run. I would freeze as I was leading worship. My brain would actually shut down and I couldn't even think of what the next chord was. I couldn't think of what the next song was and I just wanted to end it as soon as possible. Okay, now how many of you know when you have a trigger, it's going to prove to be true because it's actually, I'm actually not able to lead worship very well when I'm triggered. Make sense? It's going to prove itself to be true. That's how triggers work. Amen. Because of our responses, it's, you know, we actually don't perform well. Okay. The way I comforted myself, I would run, I would isolate, and I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. Okay, I would disconnect from the Lord because I felt terrible. I felt like I was making him ashamed and I, I just wasn't doing a good job. So I would run from the Lord and that's how I would comfort myself until, man, Sunday would roll around again. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I hate this and this is terrible. Okay, what was familiar about the situation? What felt familiar to something in the past? I had someone who was uh, really abusive towards me in ministry tell me that I was selfish and I was all about myself. Like there was actually something wrong that they had done and I had confronted it and then they kind of set themselves against me and that was the accusation that they had said and I took it to heart. They said, you're selfish, you're all about yourself. Um, growing up, I felt hurt by comments when I would play piano that I was playing too loud. Family members would get frustrated with me, um, the noise of me practicing. They're just like, could you just stop? And so that contributed to some of that recording, okay? So um, I walked through uh, what's called Sozo Ministry, and if that's something that you're interested in, we can give you information about that. Basically, it's inner healing. It's where someone is helping you to encounter the Lord, and it's just, you're just walking through prayer ministry with, uh, with another person in the room that's very discerning. And um, I went and had a sozo about all these things, and I'm like, this is not sustainable. Like, if God really has called me to lead worship, 
I need to enjoy it. <laughs> like, this is not going to work if I'm just constantly going to be tormented, okay? And so we walked through processes of forgiveness. We sat in the pain of that, and I actually forgave the people that had said harsh words to me. I had forgiven the things from childhood. And, you know, and, and again, it's not about blaming parents. It's not about blaming the people um, in your life, in your childhood. Because sometimes circumstances just happen. It's just like you grow up in a household, and there's six kids, and there's a noise level, and, you know, People can just kind of blah, stuff off their tongue, and they don't mean to be hurtful, but that was an area that I'd received pain, okay? So I walked through forgiveness, untethered myself from the people that were causing me pain, and then the Lord actually gave me a tool, and the tool is actually really funny. The tool was a toilet and a little flusher so that every time I got triggered into that recording, I would literally watch those accusations and even those faces go, ah! down the toilet, flush, and that was how I responded to my trigger, okay, so every time, because how many of you know, like, when you have a brain pattern and something that you're just used to having happen, you need to have something that's going to counter that, does it make sense, so I would get up to lead worship, accusation, oh, you just need to stop, what are you doing, you're all about yourself, whatever, flush, Whoa! I'm free, <laughs> and I did it over and over and over again until I didn't have to do it anymore, Amen. Now that's a tool that I still use at times in other areas, you know, when I'm just, I'm just hearing this downward spiral or accusations in the atmosphere, flush, watch it all go down the toilet. Okay. And it sort of bypasses that trigger. Um, but the Lord can give us tools like that. He wants to heal us so that we don't have those triggers anymore and we can move forward. Make sense? All right. So you need an encounter with the Lord. Someone say, I need an encounter with the Lord. You need an encounter with the Lord in joy. You need an encounter with the Lord in anger. You need an encounter with the Lord in fear. You need an encounter with the Lord in loneliness. You need an encounter with the Lord in boredom. You need to premeditate times when you're feeling bored. Premeditate times when you're feeling lonely. What is my response gonna be? How am I gonna comfort myself so that we don't comfort ourselves with bondages and things like that so we can get healed and set free from that stuff? Amen? We need an encounter. So let's do, let's do an activation right now because Jesus is in the room right now. Amen. Holy Spirit's in the room right now. So let's all close our eyes. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you are here, that you are moving on every heart. Lord, we worship you in this place. We welcome you. We thank you, Lord, that you know the ins and outs. I thank you, Father, that you never shame us, that you understand and that you want to see us healed in every way. Not so that we can perform better, but because you want to be closer to us. Because this actually is an opportunity for you to, to find more closeness with us when we encounter our triggers that we can actually run to you and walk in that much greater intimacy. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now to highlight to each person a triggered moment. Lord, you know what moment needs to be highlighted right now at this time. Lord, we're not trying to solve all the world's problems, but just would you highlight something, Lord? Maybe it's when your spouse does this thing or says this phrase. Maybe it's your kids are running late, they can't find their shoes. Maybe it's hard interactions with family members. Maybe it's when you're driving. Maybe it's when someone says a phrase to you, okay? Whatever it is, just ask the Holy Spirit to highlight it to you. Okay? Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. 
okay? Now I want you to just, however, however you want to do it, invite Holy Spirit with you into that triggered place. Feel the feelings. Feel the frustration. Feel the pain. Feel the hurt feelings. Feel the rejection, whatever the thing is. Feel the powerlessness. But invite the Lord to sit with you in that place. What does it feel like? What does the recording sound like? What are the words? And just kind of take a minute with Holy Spirit. What are the phrases? Is it shame? Is it failure? Is it abandonment? Okay. In that, in that place, what does your behavior tend to look like? Lord, we thank you, Father, that there's no shame that belongs anywhere near the children of God. So Lord, show us what's, what's the behavior. And then ask Holy Spirit, how do I comfort myself? If I'm not being comforted by you, Lord, how, how do I tend to comfort myself when I'm experiencing this pain or these emotions? And then ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is familiar about this to another pain that I've experienced? Maybe something from childhood, maybe from teen years, maybe from early on in marriage. Lord, show us. Lord, I ask you to show us faces of people maybe we need to forgive or maybe we just need to unpartner with the way they did things. Maybe they did things a certain way and we learned it, but we just want to unpartner with that and just repent and just say, Lord, that's, that's actually not how I want to handle that. I want to think differently. So, Jesus, I just ask that you'd pour out the grace right now for forgiveness. And just in your own heart and in your own way, just start to forgive whatever faces pop up. Forgive whatever actions pop up. And I thank you, Lord, that you're untethering us from those things. And I ask you, Holy Spirit... In place of that recording or that old tape, would you give us a truth from your heart? What is true that we can bring in and replace that recording with?
Holy Spirit, show us how you want to comfort us. How can we replace those false comforts? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And Lord, show us, how do you want us to respond? What does a healthy response look like instead of the behavior that we've had? And I thank you, Lord, that we are not the result of our behaviors. We are children of God, and there is no shame. But I ask you, Father, to show us what would be a healthy response that we can replace that behavior with. And then as he shows you, I want you to start practicing. And imagine yourself giving that response, even while you're feeling the pain, even when you're in that trigger, this is my response. This is the soft answer that's gonna turn away wrath. This is how I wanna respond to my kids. This is the phrase that I'm gonna say to my spouse. And just practice that. Just meditate on God's goodness. Meditate on the truth that he gave you in place of that recording. And play that over and over and over again. Play it like music. Meditation, one of the definitions is like music. Let it play over and over and over. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Even when you're by yourself, you can rehearse it out loud. The, the, the word meditate means to mutter under your breath. You can mutter those responses out loud. Yeah, so Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us to get so good at this process, Lord that we would um, premeditate our loving responses, that we would think intentionally about how we're walking in relationship with people, with our spouses, with our kids, with our families, with our extended families, with coworkers, with strangers, whatever it is, Lord. I pray that you would help us to get so good at that, Father, to become so skilled at practicing your truth, replacing lies, being comforted by you, Father, instead of the false comforts, Lord Jesus. And I thank you so much, Lord, that you care about all of these things, Lord. And we just um, pray that you remind us throughout the week, and especially as Thanksgiving is approaching, remind us, Lord, as we're laying on our beds at night, remind us to meditate on you, to premeditate the responses so that when we get triggered, when we get triggered, what will fire out is fruit of the Spirit. What will fire out is Holy Spirit. What will fire out is Jesus. And we just thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.